Hello, everyone, and welcome to ClutchCast, a podcast created to guide and inspire student-athletes to reach their goals. My name is Dominic Prianti, and today our special guest is head baseball coach Dan Perillo from D1 Program, LIU. Coach Perillo, welcome to ClutchCast. How are you? Thanks for having me, Dominic. Great to be here. I really appreciate it, sir. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to talk to us a little bit about LIU and your baseball program. Uh, before we get to that, let's find out a little bit more about you. When did you start playing sports? What type of sports did you start playing? I was young. I mean, we, you know, just around the house, you know, in the backyard, playing anything, anything that had a, that was round, I was kicking it and throwing it, um, you know, hockey in the driveway, uh, shooting hoops. I mean, everything started, you know, when I was probably as, as soon as I could walk, I had a ball in my hand and from different kinds of rec sports, you know, playing soccer as a kid, baseball, basketball, you know, in the backyard, playing, like I said, hockey in the driveway, throwing a football around, just, you know, being active, being outside. You know, I come from my parents. My parents are, you know, we're active people. Mother, a gym teacher. Dad played a lot of sports growing up. So, you know, that's the kind of family we had. And, you know, that's how I was brought up. Anything that had to do with the ball, anything, you know, my cousins, everything. We always played sports, even the backyard, just all different kinds of sports. So I guess that's from your description there, it was definitely in the DNA for you to continue along the same path. In high school, did you play sports? I'm sure you did. Yeah, yeah. So it continued. I mean, I played as many sports as I can. My parents were big advocates on just playing all different kinds of sports, not specializing in one sport at a young age, you know, from elementary to middle school, all the way through high school. I was playing two, three sports throughout the course of a year, you know, within a team. You know, you, you play your sports with your friends, but you know, when you talk about team sports and the competitive side of signing up for a league and all that stuff, I played two sports all the way through high school as much as I could. I just like playing. I just like being active. I felt like one sport helped me prepare for the next. Call it cross training nowadays. We didn't know what it was, but, you know, you're training different muscles with different sports, and that helps you become an all-around better athlete because different muscles get strong. You're not just specialized in one movement all the time. And I think that's where Nowadays, I think guys, if they're training too much too early in one sport, in one movement, I think that's where some injuries do come. So, you know, I was lucky enough to continue playing sports for as long as I did. Right after high school, you decided to attend LIU? Yes. Right after high school, um, I think it was spring of my senior year. I guess nowadays it would be considered late in the recruiting process, but I signed, I want to say, it, March or April, I signed with Long Island University. I remember it was in the middle of my spring season of playing varsity baseball. So I signed the spring of my senior year. And then after my senior year, you know, I was a freshman at LIU, fall of 2004. Played there for four years, you know, stuck it out through a coaching change. It was a hard decision. I, I was from upstate New York where there was a lot of farms, a lot of apple orchards, and I, you know, went to Long Island University in Brooklyn, New York at the time, where they had the Division One, the Blackbirds in uh, in Brooklyn, and it was a uh, cultural change for me. You know, big big adjustment going from the farms to the big city, but you know, it was one of the best decisions I've ever made because of the people I learned from, people I've met, people I've become lifelong friends with. So, um, yeah, right out of high school, spent the next four years at Long Island in Brooklyn. Two seconds ago, you spoke about your mom and being a physical education teacher. You decided to follow in her path in terms of degree. You actually received a bachelor's degree in physical education at LIU and then a master's in exercise and physiology from LIU Brooklyn. 
How, how much does education help in the coaching world? I definitely followed in her footsteps. Um, you know, on my mom's side, four of her five brothers and sisters are all phys ed teachers. So it definitely runs in my family being the, uh, uh, the teaching element of it and the physical education part of it is definitely ingrained in, in my family. And my sister is a elementary school teacher. My wife's a teacher. So getting the education part, when it, when in terms of coaching, I think it's so, so intertwined in how important teaching is in the coaching world. Cause I, I think that's, it goes hand in hand because we're doing, what we're doing is teaching young men at the ages of 18 to 22, 23 years old, we're teaching them not only the game of baseball. I mean, that that's what I'm blessed to, to have knowledge in the game of baseball. And my, my specialty, what I consider my specialty is teaching that part of the game, you know, not just showing up and managing, but teaching it 12 months of the year, whether they're over summer and you get teaching points when you're talking to guys over summer fall season you're teaching the game of baseball and especially in the spring but that's probably the most fun part of what i do is watching guys come in as freshmen start teaching them the game teaching them the way the game should be played teaching them different nuances of their position or whether they're a pitcher or hitter or, or you know infielder teaching them all different parts and watching them from a freshman year continue to take what you're teaching and keep building themselves into a better and better baseball player. And I always tell my players, I want you to leave our program able to teach the whole game. You know, I want my pitchers, when they leave our program, to be able to go teach their son down the road, be able to teach them how to hit, teach them how to field, teach them how to pitch. I want to try to teach a complete game to all my guys. So cause that's, what, that's what I enjoy doing for is teaching that's where my assistants i really take pride in having three great assistants that are good at teaching all parts of the game now, my pitching coach can help with the hitters my hitting coach can help the pitchers so it's it's not as specialty as some programs that is a huge part of what i want to accomplish when freshmen gets uh, on our campus so i actually read on various articles online about a certain philosophy that you actually use to, to improve the skill set of your athletes. What is your approach mm -hmm. with that? You were just talking about the, how important the teaching aspect is. But in terms of philosophy, mm -hmm. what's your approach? I came, I was a position player. I played shortstop. I personally, I'm not a big guy, 5'10", a good day. I had to try to learn the game to keep up with everybody else at the next level. Being undersized at the Division One level, to get to get on the field and stay on the field, I had to do things that were, I guess, a little bit more mental than some of the other guys. They can get away with a lot more. If it was a showcase, I wouldn't be the best showcase player in the world. But during a game, I knew where everyone had to go with the ball at, at a particular time. So, so my game growing up, my game, uh, I had to develop into a very mental, more mental than physical part because that's just the way that I learned how to continue to stay at playing at this level. So when I teaching our guys and we're going through the process of learning how to hit or learning how to do a two strike approach or having a good philosophy in the batter's box or on the defensive side, I always start with the mental side. I start with the side where we have to really you have to really know who you are as a player. You have to know the situation. You have to know 
what you need to do with, with this particular situation. So the, the mental side is where really what I where I start. And I try to bring in kids who, you know, we learn this through the recruiting process. I try to bring in kids who are, are a little savvy that way and are a little bit advanced on the mental approach of hitting or pitching, defense. So like the example you gave on the hitting side, when I was at Chicago State, I was a hitting coach. We tried to change and simplify things at the dish. And what we ended up doing is cutting down our strikeouts because we simplified counts. We simplified uh, what to do with two strikes. We try to make things as least complex as possible. And if you're online on Twitter and, and you're seeing all different things from a you know a hundred different angles on how to hit and what to do, sometimes you really have to just simplify things and get back to the basics. And you know when we talk about hitting, to get back to hitting the ball hard as many times as possible. When you're in the batting cage, just try to hit the ball hard. Don't worry about how high it goes. Don't worry about what the number was when it came off the bat. If you're squaring the ball up a consistent amount of times, you're going to be okay. And then once you master that, then you can get into some of the nuances of changing your swing for this kind of ball flight or whatever it is. But simplifying things is a key for, and that's all mental. You know, you talk about getting on to a, a, a hitter's count, what you're trying to do with a hitter's count, knowing who you are. So there's a lot of different nuances of the approach to it. But yeah, it's, it's a mental side for us. And, you know, I, I think that's something that we could prepare for without taking reps. Guys can, you know, take mental reps. They can take it in their hotel room before a game. They can take it in their dorm room after a, a bad practice. They can work on the mental side. That never needs a day of rest, that mental side. So the secret is keep it simple. That, that's something really good to keep in mind. You mentioned Georgia College. Even though you graduated with a degree in physical education and a, a master's in physiology, you pursued the coaching position since day one, if I could say that. Is that correct? I did. After I graduated, I had an opportunity to coach in the summer. Um, I coached in the Clark Griffith League, and then I started a graduate assistant position in the in that fall. So that was uh, in 2009, I started a graduate assistant position at LIU. And um, I, I was really, really lucky to have that position open. You know, right after I graduated, I had a great relationship with my head coach, Don Mains, who I'm always grateful for the opportunity he gave me and taught me a lot about coaching and was preparing me, I didn't know at the time, was preparing me for having my own program, you know, not just being a coach, but being a head coach and what it takes to lead and, and all those things. But yeah, started right away. I don't know if I knew I wanted to, to go down this road right away, but I knew I wanted to try it. And, you know, once I think after that first fall, I mean, I fell in love and I don't think I wanted to do anything else after that. I saw on your resume, as you just said, LIU assistant, and then Georgia College, Chicago State University, and then you finally come home, 2016, as the uh, head coach yeah. of the LIU baseball program. What was that feeling like of coming back home? It, it was pretty awesome. It was. It was a lot of. It was. I, I was a lot of good people there when I left in 2011, and LIU is such a special place. Um, it's very unique, especially when it was LIU Brooklyn and the Blackbirds. It was um, a really intertwined. It was a tight knit group there. You know, the, the, with all the coaches, the administrators, it was a really special place to to work, to to play, 
to go to school. It was a lot of fun. So going back home to an environment that fostered great people and great teachings, championship teams, Olympic athletes, getting back to a school that really had a, a energy around it that was so much fun to to recruit to and really lucky to be in the right position at the right time. And that's what this game is. Baseball, coaching, life, being at the right position, the right opportunity opened at the right time. And um, no, it was, it was really grateful that, you know, a lot of things happened in the way it did. Well, coach, you put down some amazing numbers throughout the years. Now I'm just going to go back two years. If it's okay with you, 2018, you guided LIU to the school's first Northeast conference championship and the first NCAA tournament appearance since 1972. What was that feeling like? <laughs> that was pretty, that was incredible. That, that was a great year. We had um, a lot of great leadership that year on the uh, on the playing side. When I played there in my four years, I don't know if we went to a conference tournament. And then my third year coaching at LIU, my last year, we ended up going to a conference tournament for the first time in I don't know how many years. And we lost, I think, in the, I think we went two and out. So the program, once I started coaching, and we started doing making some changes. It was on its way up. After I left and some things changed, there was a coaching change. When I got back to LIU in 2016 as a head coach, the program did take a little dip. And I hired you know some people on that. that one was an alumni, John Zizinski. He was the hitting coach. He was alum. He actually played there in 2013. I think he got drafted by the White Sox. And I hired Tom Carty, our pitching coach. So I first I surrounded myself with really good coaches and we set a goal to try to, you know, try to get to the conference tournament as soon as we could and, and see if we can win it. We didn't expect it in our second year. I mean, that was that was a little bit faster than we thought. We were hoping by third or fourth year we would start to see a rise. But the second year we had three really great senior leaders on the team and, and we trusted them so much and they wanted it so bad. We were kind of all in this together. You always look back on a special group of players that you, you remember and you always wish you had them on your team now. And those, those three guys, they, they, we taught them the game. We taught them the system. We gave everything to them and they ran with it. I mean, they, we had a rough start to the year. We didn't start how we wanted to and. You know, we kept building and building and building, and we peaked at just the right time. And it, it was so much fun to coach those guys every day, whether you were a bench player or you know a Friday night starter. You were so invested in each other. When you're around those type of teams, it, you know you, you wish it was like that every year. But no, that was that was incredible. I had so many alumni reach out to me, happy to see the Blackbirds get to where they were never able to get. You know, we went to a regional. We went to went to Coastal Carolina and played down there. It's a great experience. The alumni were so happy and grateful to, to for the program to be on the national stage. I think that was one of that was one of the things that got to me the most is how many guys, whether they were graduating forty years ago or you know five years ago, you know they were all just so happy and really appreciative of where the program was. Definitely shows the attachment to the institution and uh, and the love that's still there, even after all these years. That year was a record yeah. year also for wins, 31 games. You reached the NEC tournament for the eighth time in school history, and you were mentioning some of the players before. One of the names that uh, came up during my research is Andrew Turner. 
where he actually increased his batting average by 90 points in the last two seasons before his uh, senior year, uh, bringing it up to 346. And that year he was also drafted by the Marlins. That's also probably something else that you could uh, look back and be proud of. Yeah, the numbers are fun to, to look at. And you know, we had a ton of strikeouts that year. The you know, A lot of players, and there was a lot of buy-in to what we were doing. Andy Turner was one of the guys who really kind of led it. We had Andrew Turner, Don Piotti, and, and uh, Baylor LaPointe, three seniors who really and wanted it as badly as I've ever seen three college players wanted it. We ended up their previous year, all three of them were all conference players. And to get where we were, we ended up moving all three of them from their positions. And that's hard to do for guys that, you know, just were all conference players, you know, saying to an all conference third baseman, hey, I know, I know you were good there last year, but we have someone better and you're going to make us better at first base. And Andrew, you know, it took no time to say, okay, coach, let's do this. And he ended up being, you know, a draft pick from, at, at that position anyway. So, um, you know, those, those guys, um, the numbers are fun to look at because, you know, we did put up some fun numbers and they were great to, to watch play. And we played with such a good energy. Um, and Andrew Turner, you know, he played two years minor league baseball. That's a kid who was never even on anyone's radar coming out of high school. You know, he just developed and, and wanted it real bad. He ended up getting drafted two years in a row, got drafted after his junior year, but came back because he wanted to, you know, wanted wanted this team because he knew what this team could do. He wanted to be a part of what we were going to do. And, and his senior year, that was the, the year he went to a regional. And, you know, it was a lot of, foreshadowing that he led this group he wanted it he led this group and and that's when you have a good team they're led by players when you have an okay team they're usually led by coaches but when you have a really good team and you look back and you say man that team was really just led by players you know they kind of steered the ship and we just make sure they're on the right path the following year you put up some amazing numbers on the field but one of the things that stuck out to me was how your players actually got recognized for their excellence in the classroom. I think overall the team posted a uh, 3.49 GPA and you had 24 student athletes named to the spring NEC academic honor roll. Uh, how important is that to you? Since, since I've been at LIU, we, we haven't been a below a 3-3. And, and that's a credit to our culture, uh, the academic advisors we have on campus. It's huge. At the end of the day, you talk about being a teacher and teaching baseball, but you're also teaching a lot of other things and how important graduating with a degree that's meaningful, you know, not just a, a degree that at the end of four years, you're like, okay, now what do I do? We want you to graduate with a degree that's going to prepare you for what you want to become. And, you know, it, it's really something that our program and our culture here at LIU is really taken off that. This is this is number one. If you can't you can't get through the academics, you know, the baseball is gonna be harder. You know, you're not gonna be able to get through the baseball side of it. So if you're not focused on academics, if you're not able to manage your time correctly, you know, the baseball is gonna give you just as much trouble. We recruit good student athletes, guys who are good students, we recruit those guys. Uh we want those guys in our program. Not to say we won't take some guys who didn't do well on a test because they might not be a good test taker, but we want the overall all around student athlete when we're in the recruiting process. Yeah. So talking about the recruiting process and also the season 2020 hits 
and everything changes for literally everyone, no matter what uh, what industry you're in. How did that affect your program, recruiting, everything in general? It's been interesting. You know, with all the COVID restrictions and the new way of recruiting, we're, we're learning uh, the nuances. The big thing that we've, we've done is we've relied heavily on the people we've trusted along the years, the people that, you know, the high school coaches, the summer coaches that we really built relationships over the years with. You know, that's been huge for us. Learning that the video part is really hard to go off of. It's a little bit easier when when evaluating a pitcher, but when you're watching an infielder, a shortstop, a catcher, it's really hard to see all the little parts of the game that you might see when you're watching them live. Catcher, how does he interact with the pitcher? How does he interact with the coaches? Is he a leader on the field? Is he a leader in the dugout? What kind of person is he? You miss all those things when you're on video just watching a pop time or just watching seven swings in BP. Same thing with infielder. Those two positions have been really tough to really get the guy that fits to what we do here at LIU. But, you know, you know, we go off, like I said, we go off our relationships. But, you know, any, any coach that says that, you know, recruiting the same or it's no big deal, I, I'd have to disagree with that, you know, entirely. So, yeah, it's interesting. You know, we're doing the best we can. We, I'm not saying we won't miss on guys. I'm not saying that we won't miss on good players that we don't offer or, you know, we'll offer guys who don't pan out. You know, those are going to happen. Hopefully we make the best educated decisions based on all the information we can. Yeah, definitely. And for the current team, right, with all these uncertainties and everything that's going on, how do you keep them motivated? The current team, you know, I think they're motivated by not by losing their season last year. So they want to play. Losing their season, losing their summer, they're competitors. We, Everyone we bring in, you know, the culture we have, guys want to compete. And when you get those guys on the field, they want to win a championship. Coaching them this fall, I don't have to motivate them. This fall has been easy in terms of how competitive they are. They're not getting, taking reps off because I think they've learned how fragile and how little time they really have in this game and giving any at-bats away, giving any reps away, you know, you're just hurting yourself. So I think for me and for my coaching staff, we really haven't had to actually motivate guys to want to win or want to get better. That's been all, you know, player driven and program driven. They definitely sound like a great group of guys. As you mentioned before, good in the classroom, good on the field. Uh, one thing I found extremely interesting was also their involvement with uh, the community. I know that they've uh, fundraised for uh, the Stefan Siller Tunnel to Towers Foundation, which honors firefighter Stefan Siller. Speaks definitely to their character. What do you think about those kind of actions? Yeah, we pair up with a couple charities since I've been at LIU. One is the Stephen Stiller Foundation, where a couple times we actually did, we, we raised money. Um, and actually, we ran the Tunnel to Towers from um, the IKEA in uh, Red Hook in Brooklyn all the way through the Battery Tunnel to the Trade Center, which has been, you know, we did it twice. It was a surreal experience, you know, just being a part of such a tradition. And then uh, we've also raised money for Versus Cancer, which uh, helps out children who have pediatric type of cancers and they we raise money for you know the research on that and when i speak to guys on the team about 
uh, fundraising and charities, these are the two that always come up. And I always, you know, I talk about giving back and using what we do in our platform as an opportunity to raise money for good or for, you know, like I said, pediatric cancer or veterans like the Stephen Stiller Foundation. So guys can't wait to, to be a part of that kind of stuff. And there's another part of the teaching aspect that guys will learn when they're here. It's important not only to, you know, to, to use college baseball, um, not only for your academics and, and to, you know, do the social side, but also to try to raise money for a good cause or try to give back to those that need, that need more than us. And that's just as important as what we're doing every day. Yeah, so I'm I'm assuming you also evaluate a potential recruit's character, I guess, when you're uh, talking to them. Besides the actions on the field, what is your process? I know that D1 is different than a D3 program and D2 programs where you guys probably have a lot more restrictions. But especially in this time of COVID and a lot of restrictions, how is a potential recruit supposed to interact with you guys, and how do you make your determinations? Before COVID, I guess it, it was always easier a little bit before COVID when. The student athlete and their parents can come on campus. We show them around. You get to interact with them face to face. Um, you get to see how they interact with their parents while they're in front of coaches. When you take them out to dinner or lunch, you get to, they get to relax a little bit. So they let their guard down. So you get to see who they really are. Then the official visit, they get to hang out with our student athletes for the night and experience a, Full day as a college athlete, so it was a little bit easier, and you got a lot more information about somebody, especially their character. We already evaluated the baseball side; now we get to see the character. We don't get these official visits, we don't get the interaction with the parents, we don't get to see all that anymore. I don't know if anyone has the answer of how do we now find out about their character, other than doing as much as we can over Zoom. Um, a lot of guys. There's other things that we get to see how his character is, is how does he return calls? When you ask for his transcripts, how quickly does he do it? If you ask him to fill out a questionnaire, how quickly does he do it? How thorough is he? There's a lot of information we can get by just asking them to do their certain tasks. Let's set up a Zoom call. So how long does it take him to do it? Is this, does he want his parents on it? Does he, have, does he want to do one afterwards with his parents? There's a lot of different ways that we can get little information. It's not all perfect. There could be different circumstances for different things. But, you know, we try as, to get as much information as we can. It, and it's hard. It, it's hard to really know exactly the personality we're getting, the character we're getting. That is another where, another time we lean on some high school coaches, some summer coaches, uh, any other contact that we might have mutual contacts with. Yeah, no, that's, that's been challenging for sure. But, you know, we're taking risks on guys that hopefully want to get better, improve themselves, get drafted, get a good degree. We all have a common, a common thing involved, involved where we want to win a championship. We want to get better in this game of baseball. We want to graduate with a degree. So, you know, if there is some character issues, that's what, where I come in and hopefully can teach it out of them or, you know, try to correct uh, certain things of them. So you're not going to get the perfect kid and hopefully 
a coaching staff like my like ours can coach him to become a better person if, if that's uh, something he has to work on. So based on, you know, in the situation that we find ourselves in today, what advice can you give a student athlete that has LIU on their uh, short list? There's no one way on how to get recruited. You know, we've recruited guys on emails, and emails have caught our eye. We try to look at every video that gets sent to us. Send, you know, send videos to the recruiting coordinators. Um, the, the pitching coach send as many videos. Keep updating us on videos. That that part, try to have as much progression as you can. So if you're an infielder, let's see some fielding. Let's see some hitting. Let's see you being an athlete. It's funny. We were recruiting a kid who was playing, showed, sent us a video, good actions, good infielder, good swing at the plate. And at the end of it, he dunked the basketball, hmm. showed us our, our, showed us his athleticism. So it's funny. And then that really caught the attention of our recruiting coordinators. And, hey, man, this guy's really an athlete. He's 5'10". He can dunk a basketball. Yeah. So we know there's more in there. It's, it's funny what catches your eye, but. Um, very creative. That, that, that's one. Yeah, very creative. So that was one thing. But you can have your summer coach reach out to us, especially if there's somebody we trust. We hold that weight pretty heavy. There, there is no easy way. There's, and in the college world right now, there's such a backlog. It's really tough for these 2021s, 2022s, even 23s that if you're not getting better, if you're not really trying to become an elite baseball player and doing everything you can if, if at the end of the day you've done everything and you still can't get to that division one level, division two, II, division three, there's going to be a lot of good baseball players at the division two, II, division three junior college level. So, you know, my advice is a lot of people in the past have said, Oh, division one, they got to get to that division one level. There's going to be a lot of good division two teams, division two players. There's going to be a lot of good division two, II, division three teams all across the country. So, if COVID taught us anything, it's we're, we're not playing this game for a very long time. You know, there's a clock on all of us. And for a lot of us, it ends at the college level. If you could play four years at the division three level, that, that's an opportunity that's really hard to pass up division two level. That's really hard to pass up. So, you know, Try to maybe broaden your, your thoughts on where to go for college if, if you want to play as much baseball as you can. Yeah, even at Clutch Recruits, we always tell people uh, to always have options, right? I mean, never limit yourself onto just one thing because you never know how things are going to pan out. And besides that, we always try to stress the perfect fit or at least as close as possible. You definitely want to be happy yeah. on the campus in the programs, just like you were explaining about LAU in terms of education, a, a routine question that I ask everyone, and I just like to get everyone's different opinion, and they all kind of coincide with the same thing. Can you speak to yeah. the significance of being part of a college team, you know, and what can it mean for a student athlete, especially like as a, for a freshman walking on campus for the first time? Yeah, so so when you walk on campus and you go to that first team meeting and you start introducing yourself to guys. You you don't know it yet, but but you're going to be lifelong friends with some of those guys. And it's funny that you, you you have no idea. A lot of the times you're you're going to a team where you don't know anybody on that team. And when you go through four years, you know you have your freshman class. You go through four years of practices, classes in the weight room. You go through the ups and downs and the battles 
maybe not even in the games, the battles and the practices and, and, you know, you build such a camaraderie with your teammates, you're going to become lifelong friends with a lot of those guys and stay in contact with a lot of those guys. I think that element, the element of being a part of something that's a little bit bigger than yourself. I know we're all, we're all, all the players, all my guys want to get drafted. All my guys are working to get drafted. They're trying as hard as they can to, to be the best baseball player they can be along with trying to win a championship, with, which has to be done as a team. So there's a balance of me and the team that a lot of guys I have thought about and have talked about. And when, when you get down to it and you ask them, they want to win probably more than they want to get drafted. I mean, just a guy like Andrew Turner that he was drafted as a junior, but he actually passed that up. And he was drafted in the late rounds. You never know if he's going to get drafted again. He came back because he, he wanted to be a part of something bigger. And when you finally do get that team that is like we had in 2018 that went to a regional, I'll tell you, if you ask him now, he he would say, I, I, I don't care if I got drafted. I wanted to come back and win that championship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's the part of the team element that prepares them for the rest of their lives. That, that, that That's what I think, in my opinion. You know, when you have a family, when you have a wife, when you have a job and you have to work with coworkers that you don't know, you, you just get this new job and you, you have these new coworkers, you have to work as a team. You have to work as a bigger unit than just you. And you learn that here at college. You learn that as being a part of an athletic team, whether it's baseball, whatever kind of team you're a part of, you learn how to share. You learn how to not be the center of attention. You learn how to you learn to do a lot of things as a team, and I think that's a valuable thing that at any level, whether it's one, two, or three, junior college, NAIA, that team aspect, I think that never leaves you as a student athlete. That's awesome, Coach. Coach, you know what? Every time I'm having fun in these episodes, it always comes the time to kind of say goodbye. But before <laughs> we say goodbye, what should any student athlete really uh, listening to this, yep. what should they take away from this? Your, your time is as an athlete, as a future college baseball player, college soccer player, um, as a high school player, your time is short. At the baseball level, everyone's told except a small number of elite major league players, everyone's told when their career's over, whether they get cut from a major league roster or cut in the minor leagues or, or the college, you don't get drafted. Everyone gets told at a certain point, you're not good enough to play anymore. The few that don't, they retire and become Hall of Famers. That's a very, very, very small number. Everyone else is told at a certain time, your career is over. And if anything, multiply that this year was COVID. Took away a lot of games for a lot of guys that could, you know, cut either careers or cut seasons, cut games out of guys' careers. And I, I think if there's anything that, that guys can take away, girls can take away from from this whole year, from, from anything, is, you know, your time is short. Don't take reps off. Don't All your time's practice. A lot of guys miss the practices. A lot of guys miss getting better and challenging themselves. Even though they're not playing, they miss the practices. They miss going out to the the field with the guys. They missed the whole uh, rhythm of the college day where 
you know, you get up, you have to go weight training, then you go to class. They miss that rhythm and your time's short. Your time's short. Don't take it for granted. I think, you know, a lot of us did at a certain point, but, you know, I think COVID may have put things in perspective for a lot of guys and people with second chances after watching my guys this fall, they're not taking it for granted. So hopefully next time we don't need a, a big world health issue to keep us from taking things for granted. Coach Perillo, thank you very, very much for all your great words and your stories there. I know there's going to be a lot of not only takeaways, but a lot of lessons that will be applied based on what we heard from you today. Like I tell a lot of coaches, hopefully you'll have a season like everyone else and we could talk maybe during the, you know, when it's over or during the season. If you have a couple of minutes, we'll see. But in the meantime, I really want to thank you again for taking the time out today and uh, being here with us. Anytime, Dominic. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. You Co- too. Thank you very much to Coach Perillo for giving us an inside look at LIU's D1 baseball program. We hope you put the information to good use. If you would like to find out more about ClutchCast, please visit us at www.clutchcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at ClutchCast Podcast and on Twitter at ClutchCastPC. ClutchCast is brought to you by Clutch Recruits. If you'd like to find out more about Clutch Recruits and how our programs can help you with your college recruitment process, please visit us at www.clutchrecruits.com or call us at 929-732-7848. Thank you very much for listening. Till the next episode.